Under NASA's Artemis program, Dynetics and Lidos will develop and build a new human landing system, advancing economic opportunities and paving the way for a sustained lunar economy. Learn more at DyneticsHLS.com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But imagine if the Houston Texans ended up with the first overall pick in the draft. And it's oh my Miami's, God. and you have Tua and you have Trevor Lawrence staring right at your face. What do you do? That's tough. You have to you have to draft Trevor, right? You have to draft him. You pull a Rosen. But you trade two it just like that? I mean, that's why you got to play him though. That's why you got to play him. He's got to know what you what you have because you got Justin Fields in that draft too. You got Trey Lance uh, who's a first rounder and probably not top 10, but he's a first rounder. And but imagine that scenario, man. Wow. That would be nuts. I will be back here. I will be back here. And I will be back. Welcome to Fourth and Go Podcast, where we are back. Another preview edition of the pod. 49ers faced the Miami Dolphins on Sunday after a disappointing loss to the Philadelphia Eagles 25 to 20. What better way to get right than the Miami Dolphins, you would think? But 2020 is strange, and the 49ers are dealing with a lot of injuries. Matt, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> uh, yeah, 2020 is strange, definitely. Definitely the move here. Um, I, I'm feeling a little bit better the more I've gone back and watched the watched the game from Sunday. I feel a little bit better about it. Not great, because they really should have won that one. But uh, on to Miami, right? On to Miami. And to help us break this down, we have our boss, so we have to be nice to him. Um, it is the founder, <laughs> CEO... Blue cheese connoisseur, it is Matt Canada. Matt, hey, dear brother. Good guys, how are you guys doing tonight? Great. We're just watching the Bears and the and the Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay Bucks go <laughs> at it. Bucks left too much time on the clock for Nick Foles at the end of the half. Imagine that. Exactly. And Jimmy Graham has a reception that he would have made in as a New Orleans Saint. <laughs> I did not expect him to make that type of reception. Yeah. So, um, Mr. Canada, my boss, our boss, your Dolphins. They are in the rebuilding phase for, in my lifetime, seems like the, you know, 
like the 15th time. What is going on in Miami? Uh, Flores is a guy that I really, really like. Tua is a pick I wasn't too sure of. I really liked Herbert. Where are the Miami Dolphins in their rebuild and how much longer do you think before this team becomes a playoff contender? Yeah, uh, you know, the Dolphins are, are on the right track. I think a lot of the fans here in Miami believe that they have the right head coach in Brian Flores, that they have the right front office structure with uh, Chris Greer and, and all his lieutenants there and, and Brian Flores leading the way on the sidelines. And they have a quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick that, that does not get nearly enough credit for what people, um, you know, put on him. And, of course, Tua Tungabailoa, they're sitting on the bench learning behind Fitzpatrick right now. He's going to get his chance. It's going to happen this season. There, there's some pressure coming in. There's a lot of – we were told, uh, me, me and uh, Matt Infante, the, uh, one of the other co-owners and our chief content officer here at PFN, we were both told late last week that um, – or actually earlier this week – that there are a lot of internal forces in Miami who are pushing for Tua Tungabailoa to get the start at quarterback. It is Brian Flores' call, of course, but one can presume that th that kind of pressure is coming from the top of the organization, whether it's from ownership or people around ownership and Stephen Ross. You see Justin Herbert, like you mentioned, balling out in, in Los Angeles, and although they have not won a game yet, he is playing very well. And Joe Burrow got his first win. He is playing extremely well. And so when you look at that, the guys drafted uh, Tua was sandwiched in between those two. When you look at that, of course, one is going to want Tua to take the field. But I think the Dolphins have a plan for him. He's learning behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. And like I said, Ryan Fitzpatrick does not get nearly enough credit. He's already, you know, thrown for uh, four 300-yard performances in the last six starts. He closed the 2019 season with back-to-back 300-yard -back games against Cincy and New England. And then um, this season, he followed it up. Week two versus Buffalo, week four versus Seattle, 300-plus yards. And while he didn't throw for 300 yards against Jacksonville, he set a Dolphins franchise record for completion percentage in that game, a minimum of 20 attempts after completing 18 of 20 passes at comes in at 90% uh, completion percentage. So he doesn't get enough credit. He's doing very well. I think when you look at the Dolphins schedule here, you know, you look at week one, they played the Patriots. They lost by 10 points. They lost to the Bills by three points. They, they took care of the Jaguars. That game wasn't even close. And then they uh, lost to the Seahawks by eight points. That game was within reach until the very uh, final minutes of that game. And, and you look at the Patriots, you look at the Bills, you look at the Seahawks, all very good teams, all teams that are likely going to go deep into the playoffs. And so the Dolphins are playing close, and it's just a matter of scheduling quirks right now. I think they're going to start turning around pretty soon. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the schedule, Matt, because the, the pulse on 49ers Twitter is that this Dolphins team sticks. There's, there's a bunch of fans that are coming into this thinking they're going to steamroll the Dolphins. 49ers are going to steamroll the Dolphins. They're going to blow right past them, and it's on to the Rams. And I, I do not buy into that. I'm a big fan of Brian Flores. I love what he's doing. I think him getting 5-11 and 11 out of that team last year should have earned him Coach of the Year award just because of the mass exodus of talent we saw go out of there. But he's building the right culture. They brought in some of the right players, a lot of right, very key veterans. And you mentioned that that schedule they've had to start the season has been absolutely brutal, and they are hanging tough with it. What And, and, and Fitzmagic has been semi-magical this year. Not all the way there, but 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 semi-magical. What do you think he's going to do best against San Francisco on Sunday? One quick note, too. The, the Dolphins have lost uh, to opponents that are 10-2 and two right now. Seahawks 4-0, Bills 4-0, Patriots 2-2. Two and the point differential is not big. But they've also done it without Byron Jones, right? They had Byron Jones against the Patriots. They didn't have Byron Jones against the Bills. They didn't have him against the um, Jaguars. They didn't have him against the Seahawks. And Byron Jones is coming back this week 
against the 49ers. So that's something to watch for. That's something to look out for. Because I think he's going to make a tremendous difference in this game on Sunday. Now, Fitzpatrick, you know, it's up and down, right? You have that roller coaster emotions when you have Ryan Fitzpatrick in the game. He will play great one half, and then he will absolutely bomb it the second half. Or he'll have three great drives, uh, consecutive drives, and he'll bomb the next one. He'll have that, uh, you know, head-scratching interception that he had on Sunday against the Seahawks, uh, I believe, once or twice. And, you know, it's a roller coaster emotions. You never know what you're going to get with Fitzpatrick. But you're going to get a guy who, who likes to throw the ball aggressively. He likes to throw it into tight windows. He's at the top of the league in, you know, tight window throws, uh, towards the top of the league, I should say. And he's a guy who's not going to be afraid to take chances. And you've seen him running, too, this year. He is not afraid to jump out of the pocket. And he's not a guy who's going to slide on the ground. He is going to go head first. He's a tough, he's a tough son of a gun. And he is not going to back down from this 49ers defense. And, of course, you guys are without, you know, some key defensive players for the season, um, including uh, Boza over there. And, and, you know, I think that's going to help even it out there. And the Dolphins offensive line has been playing great this season. They have a lot of young players, but they're really coming along well. So I, I think when 49ers fans say this is going to be a steamroll game, I think they're mistaken. They may end up coming with, out with the win, especially because they're playing at Levi Stadium and they're playing at home. But I don't think it's going to be a blowout like some may be predicting. Yeah, I'm in the same same boat. Uh, right now, the line is nine and a half. Um, by all accounts, Jimmy Garoppolo should be playing. Raheem Mostert should play this week. Um, so that should help this 49ers team. Um, my question is on this Miami Dolphins defense. They're allowing 109 passer rating to opposing offenses and 9.3 yards per attempt. Um, is you know, I when I Initially, looking at, looking at this Dolphins team, I thought they they lacked a little bit of a pass rusher. Um, but you saw last week they got to Russell Wilson pretty good. Um, where is the main strength of this Miami Dolphins defense right now? Uh, you know, I think the main strength right now, and again, Byron Joseph has been missing. It was supposed to be the secondary coming into the season, and we've seen that that is obviously not the case, right? And you look at the <laughs> linebackers, and you kind of you know look at some holes there. But so far, they're ranking in the top half of several key categories throughout the 2020 season. People say that the most important stat, a category in a football game is points, right? Obviously. Yep. Yep. Miami is tied for 12th in the NFL, allowing 24 points per game. They also rank in the top half of the league with nine sacks. That's tied for 16th in the NFL. And in four games, the Dolphins' defense has five takeaways, which is tied for 14th in the NFL. They forced four fumbles this year, two by Kyle Van Noy, who came from the Patriots, one by uh, budding superstar Jerome, Jerome Baker, and one by Landon Roberts, one of the newcomers here, up-and-coming newcomers. Those four forced fumbles, they're tied for fourth in the NFL. And Christian Wilkins, he uh, you know, he finished his rookie season last year with 56 tackles, two sacks, two passes defended. And this year, he, he is doing very well, too. He started the year with 12 tackles, six of them solo, and two passes defended in the first four games. So, you know, when you look at those key categories, you have to kind of look at that. And while it's not in the top five or top ten for the most of them, it is in the top half of the league. So, again, you know, especially that points thing, they're a bend-but-don't-break defense kind of team, um, and they're tied for 12th and allowing just 24 points per game. Well, that bend-don't-break defense is straight out of the Belichick tree, right, just like Brian Flores is. They're always willing to give up as many yards in between the 20s as they can as long as they force you to kick field goals once you get into the red zone. So I completely, completely understand that the, that the Dolphins' defense is a little bit underrated at this point. You said Byron Jones is coming back. You brought that up a couple times. So let's dive into that. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. How does the secondary slow those three guys down? You know, that's going to be tough, right? So so 
you know, the Dolphins brought in some guys to, you know, probably see a little Jerome Baker on George Kittle, maybe some Van Noy. And, you know, the Dolphins, you know, back end of the secondary, that's kind of the weak link right now as they try to figure out the communication back there. They have Eric Rowe, they have Bobby McCain, and, and you know, they're trying they're trying to figure all that out. Now, you know, when you look at them, they, they both began their careers as cornerbacks before transitioning to safety in 2019. McCain, obviously, the uh, veteran on the Dolphins, appearing in 75 career contests with 44 starts in Miami, and Rowe joined Miami uh, back in 2019 coming from New England. But Rowe played in all 16 games last year with 15 starts and was, um, you know, when you look back to one of the bigger moments, they picked sick Tom Brady in week 17. He's played 57 career games, 34 starts. So they have the experience back there. It's a matter of communication. You know, what, what's, you know, interesting about San Francisco is they've converted 45.3% of the third down attempts over the last two seasons, ranking fifth in the NFL. And they've converted 45.1% of their third down attempts when passing over the last two seasons. So it, it's going to be very tough. And then they've averaged 383 yards per game since 2019, ranking uh, tied for fifth in the NFL over that span. And, you know, especially, you know, when stretching the field, they've registered 149 big plays since 2019, which is rushes of 10 or more yards and receptions of 20 or more yards, which is the fourth most in the NFL over that span. And of those 149 big plays, 77 have been rushing, while 72 have been receiving. And you add a guy like Brandon Ayuk to that mix, and you add a guy like George Kittle, <laughs> who I think is going to go off on Sunday. And, you know, what really pains me about Ayuk is the Dolphins wanted to draft him at 25, but the San Francisco 49ers mm -hmm. leaped them to get Ayuk. And the Dolphins had their eyes set on him. They were going to pick him. He would have been, you know, great in this offense for Fitzpatrick and, you know, kind of the slants that they want to run and the, and the stretch in the field there. So there is no doubt about it. But remember last week, the Dolphins held a guy like Tyler Lockett in check for most of the game. DK Metcalf had a nice game. But they were able to pin down and, and really pinpoint that guy. And again, I'm going to go back because I'm going to keep saying it because Byron Jones, we know how good he is. We know how much this defense has missed him. <laughs> but to only lose to the Bills by three points, to be with the Seahawks until the final minutes of the game, that score is not reflective of the game itself. I, I think you're going to see a huge difference on Sunday with Byron Jones back on the field. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's concerning. You know, the Niners have had an issue with with protection, and then of course, with when the protection fails, then you have guys that jump in routes, and so hopefully Jimmy Garoppolo does not throw a pick or you know do something to to blow this game. Um, whoever's starting for the Niners at quarterback. Um, the other part that I want to talk about what's what's real dangerous about Ayuk too is he can run right. So again, yeah. against uh, you know Philly, the last game he had two receptions for eighteen yards. And he saw his only rush of the game go for 38 yards, which was a touchdown. And then he had a rushing touchdown the week before against the Giants. And with that <laughs> rushing touchdown, he was the first 49ers receiver to record a rushing touchdown in back-to-back -back games since Debo Samuel, who's also coming back, right, in 2019. <laughs> and I yeah. actually yeah. joined Tyreek Hill and Samuel as the only wide receivers with rush touchdowns in consecutive games in the last five seasons. And his 38-yard touchdown run was the longest by 49ers receiver since Terrell Owens, remember that name, in 2002. Oh, yeah. Which was a 38-yard touchdown run versus Washington, September 22, 2002. So Ayuk is incredible. He's going to present tons of fits for this Dolphins defense, I think. But if the Dolphins can, you know, he's going to make his plays. It's just trying to prevent them as much as possible. You're not going to stop him. You're just going to try to prevent him. Or limit him, I should say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
so you, you, you segue right into what I wanted to get to with the rushing attack for this 49ers team. They've been struggling with the rushing attack outside of a few, a couple of really big plays from Raheem Mostert. Uh, they had a cut yet one, one or two really big ones from Jeff McKinnon. And then of course the Giants game was out of hand when that Jeff Wilson touchdown happened. Um, the Dolphins are allowing 4.6 yards per carry and the Niners are struggling to run the ball. Could this be a get right game for the Niners in the rushing attack versus this Dolphins front, front seven, at least. I think the Dolphins have improved with their uh, run defense. You know, they're not perfect, mm-hmm. and, and they were giving up a ton in the early part of the season, but I think they've got started to get better and better and better. Um, you know, what, what I think that the Dolphins need to watch for is, you know, the 49ers in the red zone especially. The 49ers have seven rushing touchdowns this season, ranking tied second in the NFL. And they're averaging 128.5 rushing yards per game this season, ranking 11th in the NFL. And they're averaging 4.72 yards per carry this season, ranking 8th in the NFL. And then you have you have the guys there. You have Mostert, you have McKinnon, and you have Jeff Wilson. And you never know which one is going to break open, or all of them are going to break open. And, you know, Mostert's supposed to come back, right, this Sunday. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, yeah, he, he, he practiced limited today. today. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's two days in a row. Yeah. So, yeah. so he, yeah. he's on track. And, you know, he's fast. He, he uh, you know, <laughs> very fast. <laughs> against, against the Cardinals, he registered a max speed of 22.73 miles per hour on that 76 yard touchdown reception and 23.09 miles per hour on his 80 yard touchdown run against the Jets on September 20th. That is the fastest two ball carriers, uh, two fastest two things in the NFL on the season and the fastest in the NFL since 2016. And over the past three seasons, Mostert's 6.09 average yards per carry ranks second among all players in the NFL with at least 125 carries. So you put him in there, you put McKinnon in there coming out of the backfield, catching the passes. You guys have a lot of weapons. You have a lot of freaking weapons. So maybe, maybe, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo should not play. Uh, on Sunday and put it in, you know, whoever's hand where Nick Mullins, I don't even know who it is now. It's Nick Mullins, right? Uh, put it in his hand. Nick or CJ, yeah. Yeah, yeah, CJ and Nick. I don't think it matters. Um, Shanahan's a genius. Uh, The Dolphins will have their hands full on defense side of the ball. I do think it will be a very hard-fought game. I don't think this game is going to be decided either way until probably the middle of the fourth quarter. Yeah, so so you bring up the the, the 49ers offense is – Stacked with weapons. I mean, me and Javi have discussed it probably the most since they had Jerry Rice and T.O. on the same team. I mean, that's how long it's been since they had weapons like this were this exciting. Um, but let's let's flip to the other side of the ball for Miami. How do they attack this 49ers defense? How do they go after them? And how do they get their points? You know, we, we've seen Miles Gaskin kind of kind of come through the seventh round pick after they gave big contracts to Jordan Howard after they traded for Matt Breida, who you guys are, are very familiar with. And... You, you know, it's tough. They, they've been trying to establish a run here with Gaskins, and, and he's been kind of a surprise for Miami. And, you know, you have other guys, you know, let's just take Gaskins, for example. So in the past six games, he has totaled 73 carries for 290 yards and one touchdown on the ground, as well as 21 receptions for 145 yards in the air. In week three against Jacksonville, he set career highs with 22 carries for 66 yards. I'm going to repeat that again because it's, it's important to know. That was his career high. So this is a guy who has not been, you know, obviously not very experienced because he was just drafted in 2019. But to have 66 yards as your career high, you know his ceiling right now. And, and I don't think you're going to see him making that difference in the game. Now, the Dolphins have had some success on third down this season. They've converted them at a 46.9% rate, which is ninth in the NFL entering week five. 
Against the Jaguars, we obviously saw the Dolphins become very efficient. But you have a guy like Devontae Parker, who myself and, and some others thought that 2019 was a fluke, right? Because he had struggled, he had struggled, he had struggled. When you look at next-gen stats, he doesn't have a high separation percentage. He's always going up for jump balls, it seems. But he's starting to he's starting to separate, whether that's Chan Gailey, the offensive coordinator, scheming him open, or he's starting to learn you know little nuances to get away from the, the secondary. It's working. And, and since returning from Miami's Week 5 buy-in back in 2019, Parker is tied for the NFL lead with 1,280 receiving yards in that span, and his nine receiving touchdowns since then are tied for third in the NFL. And that is above guys like Stephon Diggs, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas. And in 2019, and he's continuing it this year, he's setting new career highs in every major receiving category with 72 receptions for 1,202 yards. This was last year and nine touchdowns. His receiving yards, 1,202, were fifth in the NFL in 2019. And so, you know, he now has five 100-yard games in his last 11 contests. So Fitzpatrick and Parker are kind of a match made in heaven because Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. loves to be aggressive, and Parker's a guy who's not going to get a ton of separation, and Fitzpatrick is a guy who's just going to throw that ball up in the air and let his guys win. So I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Devontae Parker. You're also going to see the Dolphins try to get Mike Jasicki involved. Against uh, Buffalo, he did extremely well, but he's been a little bit quiet you know, around that. So against Buffalo, he had 130 uh, receiving yards. He had eight total receptions and one touchdown, and then he added in a touchdown against Jacksonville. But what's important is that Mike Jasicki has seven touchdown receptions in his past 10 games, which is tied for the second most in the NFL in that span. And four weeks into 2020, he ranks eighth among NFL tight ends with 190 receiving yards and tied for sixth with two receiving touchdowns. So this won't be a game that the Dolphins win on the ground. It's going to be a game they have to win through the air. And with Devontae Parker, if they can get Jaziki involved in that passing game and they can get him the ball, I think it's going to be a problem for San Francisco. If the, Dol- if the 49ers can take away Parker and-, and limit the Dolphins to, you know, trying to pass the ball around to Jaziki, to pass the ball around to Isaiah Ford, to try to pass the ball around to Preston Williams, then I think it's going to be a long day for the Dolphins. Yeah, so Devontae Parker was a guy that I wanted last year at the trade deadline. There was a lot of talk with um, with the 49ers looking for a receiver. They ended up getting Emmanuel Sanders, but Devontae Parker was definitely on my list. And surprise, surprise, another player excels when Adam Gase is not around. And Devontae Parker has been outstanding since Adam Gase left. And you see that with Carolina, Robbie Anderson um, is having a great year so far, too. Um you know the Niners. They traded away Matt Breida to the to the Dolphins, and I, I thought he would have. I thought he would have a bigger role. What is the story? You know, folks in in our in our side of this Ninerland, they want to know. You know, what's going on, with Matt Breida? I, I've had this discussion with people. What's going on, with Matt Breida, in Miami? Has he fallen out of favor? Does he not see the hole? Does this scheme not fit him? Because you saw him excel in San Francisco. He ended up pretty much taking away Carlos Hyde's job. He had a, almost a thousand yard season his second year in the league. And then he kind of fell out of favor in San Francisco because of fumbles. What's going on, Matt Breida, in Miami? Yeah, it's a weird one, right? Because, be, because they went out and traded for him. They gave up a fifth round pick. And they paid big money to Jordan Howard. And then when the season starts, you have a seventh-round pick in 2019, Miles Gaskins being the lead running back. And, you know, the Dolphins had wanted a running back in the draft, and they traded for Breida back in June. So I kind of feel like Breida was a low-risk uh, transaction 
where if he came into camp and impressed, then that would be, you know, a high reward. But they wanted a running back. They had their eyes on, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who didn't. They had their guys, uh, they had their eyes on DeAndre Swift. They had their eyes uh, on J.K. Dobbins, basically all the running backs who went in that, you know, that range. But because <clears> of <throat> what happened with their board and the way the draft fell, they moved away from that. And, you know, we saw them. So at 25, we know they wanted Ayuk at 25. Then they also wanted Cesar Ruiz. They were talking about getting Tristan Wirfs early in the draft when he kept falling a little bit. And then they ended up drafting Noah Igbignagabi, whatever, however you say his name. And I think he was like <laughs> number 29 or 30 after trading down, right? But they had taken him, they had taken Noah at that point because we saw the Raiders, and I think it was the Eagles, take cornerbacks quite early, um, earlier than most people expected. So it kind of forced the Dolphins' hand there, and they didn't end up with a running back. So I've always felt like Brita was um, more of an insurance policy if, you know, Howard didn't break through, if Gaskin didn't break through. And I'm not totally surprised by him not being very involved in this rushing game. Um, we know he's fast. He's one of the fastest running backs, if not the fastest running back in the NFL. And, you know, he's come out and said to the media that he's not going to complain about his role, that he's going to be, you know, he's going to do what he's asked to do. But we have not seen a ton of opportunities for him. So, there probably is something there. Brian Flores is a guy, if you don't understand the playbook, if you're not practicing well, he's not going to put you out there. So I'm going to assume that it traces back to that. And, you know, hopefully they do see more of him. But I think the Dolphins also have a problem figuring out how to use guys with speed because we've seen Jakeem Grant, who is very fast, who is very shifty and nifty. And, and he's a guy that has not seen much action either. So could be a scheme problem as well. Yeah, I, I, I definitely expected. Brady to have a much bigger role because I drafted him in a couple of fantasy leagues kind of late as one of my sleeper picks and then he's since dropped way onto the waiver wire now because I have I have no extra space for him on my roster but um, you know Matt before we let anybody get out of here we always get a prediction out of him so so what do you foresee happening on Sunday? I think it's always going to win 42-17 nah <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Garoppolo is coming back, right? They said he's on track to play. Mostert's on track to play. Kittle's back. Debo Samuel's on track to play. I, I, Like I said before, I do think this game is going to be close. I'm going to give the edge to the 49ers because they're at home, and they're getting all their weapons back at 100%. Um, don't underestimate the addition of Byron Jones. If he's full strength, he's been, you know, on track to play as well. I don't know if he'll be 100% healthy. But, you know, I think the 49ers will end up pulling away at some point late in the second half. And for that, I'm going to probably say, um, you know, 49ers 31, Dolphins 24. Okay. I like it because the Niners need to win. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. I honestly, as a fan, as a fan of the Dolphins, you know, obviously running PFN and, and doing all the football stuff, whatever helps us make the most money, I'm all for. Um, you know, so the Dolphins <laughs> lose every game, and but it makes us money, I'm good. Like when they traded Laramie Thompson, we broke that story. Um, last, <laughs> last summer and all the Dolphins fans came at us the whole NFL came at us the Miami Herald came at us the, the Dolphins organization released a passive aggressive statement through the Miami Herald about us didn't name us they didn't need to but um, there was no one rooting harder for the Dolphins to trade their franchise left tackle than I was although I'm a Dolphins fan I knew that you know if that trade ended up happening which we were told it was and it came through that it was going to be a huge flag for us to put down on our map and it happened and, and you know the rest is history from there so but as a fan listen 
Dolphins aren't winning a Super Bowl this year, and that's the ultimate goal, right? No one wants to see a team go into the playoffs and get demolished in the wild card round because you lower draft pick, you know momentum does not carry over from season to season. That's a myth in the NFL. I'll get killed for saying this if Dolphins fans are listening, but if they win a handful of games but show promise, you know, kind of like Burrow showing promise in Cincy, like Herbert showing it in Los Angeles, they're a year or two away from really competing. If they can get a top 10 pick, and they got the Texans' first-round pick as well, and their second-round pick. Oh, my and God. And they could throw in a receiver for Tua or two receivers or, you know, something else there. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with in a year or two. They can't jump the shark. They jumped the shark with Gase. They jumped the shark with Tony Sperano, God rest his soul. They made the playoffs the first year of both of them, and everyone had unrealistic expectations after that. They got to take it slowly. Under NASA's Artemis program, Dynetics and Lidos will develop and build a new human landing system, advancing economic opportunities and paving the way for a sustained lunar economy. Learn more at DyneticsHLS.com. They got to do the process the right way and let the whole thing play out. They're going to be they're going to be a great team, but not yet. Yeah, I think that's the the right mindset. I you know I had that same mindset with the Niners. Take your time, be patient with it. You know it expedited when they made the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, but mm-hmm. build through the draft. You, you spend you know you you know aggressively prudent in free agency. You make the right moves and things will happen. I, I like this Miami team. I like where they're headed. I like I I want to see two. I just want to see him play so that way I can have a proper assessment of yeah, him. He'll play this um, year. But imagine, imagine it's it's probably not going to happen because they fired Bill O'Brien. But imagine if the Houston Texans ended up with the first overall pick in the draft and it's oh, Miami oh my God. and you have Tua and you have Trevor Lawrence staring right at your face. What do you do? That's tough. <laughs> you, have to, you have to draft Trevor, right? You have to draft him. You pull a Rosen. But you trade Tua just like that? I mean, that's why you got to play him though. That's why you got to play him. He's got to know what you, what you have because you got Justin Fields in that draft too. You got Trey Lance, uh, who's a first rounder and probably not top 10, but he's a first rounder. And, but imagine that scenario, man. Wow. That would be nuts. It would be nuts. But, uh, Matt, let the folks know where they can find you, um, on Twitter or any social media. And then of course we always promote pro football network on here, but you are the boss. Let the folks know how <laughs> they can get in contact with you. If they want to learn, if they want to write for PFN, they want to do a podcast. People hit my DMS all the time. Well, we don't need any more writers. We have enough staff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love everyone who emails me and DMs me every day, but we have enough staff right now. We have a very targeted approach at PFN on how we do things. So we can't just be adding everyone and anyone. Anyways, you can find me at Kanata PFN, C-A-N-N-A-T-A-P-F-N. Uh, if you want some entertainment on Sunday during a game, just uh, shoot me a follow, unfollow me after, or mute me if you get sick of me. And then you can follow PFN at PFN365. And be sure to tune in to The Breakdown every Sunday night at 7.30 or following all the Actions Games with Javi and Matt. They do a tremendous job on that show. Uh, we're very happy to have them on PFN. I remember when we were talking to one of our other management people about bringing them in, and we were just kind of doing some background on them, all rave reviews and all great things people had to say about them. And, you know, the breakdown can be found on our social media platforms, again, every Sunday night after the games throughout the course of the regular season. Javi is doing a great job producing all of our video shows behind the scenes, doing the graphics, gets to work with Anita Marks, talks to Mike Clay tonight, uh, um, you know, on the mark. And, and I, know Anita's, I know Anita's working on a huge guest. I don't know if it's going to yep, yep. come through. I don't know if she told you, Javi, but um, 
She hinted. She hinted. Yeah. We'll, see. we'll see. I mean, if the glove fits, you got to wear it, right? So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we will see. We will see if that comes through. Um, and I was going to say, oh, yeah, one more thing. Be sure to check PFN November 1st, Sunday, November 1st, around mm-hmm. 7.45 mm-hmm. p.m. Eastern. We have something big dropping. We're going to undercut the market on it. And I think we're going to make a lot of people nervous with what we launch. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Good he's deal. been te- so just so just so the listeners know, uh, Kanata here has been teasing great, this. Kanata has been teasing this for months now, like about a month, and he won't even tell us. It's gonna it's gonna premiere during our show, the breakdown. He won't even tell us. So so really, get your popcorn ready because it's gonna be a big one. Yeah, and it may not seem like a big deal, but for, for us, it's gonna be huge. It's gonna be huge because we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna undercut the market on it, and it's gonna piss off some people in the in this industry, but. We're going to be good. I will. If you're not first, you're last. I will. That's right. Take no prisoners at DFN. If you're not evolving, if you're not adapting, you're dying. So we're not going to die. Absolutely. Well, Matt, we thank you for, for joining us and coming on. We appreciate it. And uh, everyone out there, go ahead and give Matt a follow. And of course, follow PFN 365. We want to thank our our CEO, the boss man, Matt Kanata of PFN, for joining us today on the pod, previewing the Miami Dolphins and 49ers game on Sunday. Um, as always, we do get into the three keys of this, this matchup. The 49ers have to look themselves in the mirror and wake the fuck up because losing to the Eagles the way they lost to the Eagles after watching the film, looking at all the missed opportunities, look at a lot of miscommunication it seemed like on the back end with Jimmy Ward in the corners um, some issues with obviously the offensive guards Mike McGlinchey had a rough day Trent Williams was in my opinion bad to on the TV copy he wasn't terrible on the film you need a quarterback that can move a little bit and Nick Mullins is an absolute statue the Eagles were just going to tee off on him if he didn't move and that's exactly what happened so this right side of the offensive line needs to get corrected and hopefully this is a week where the Niners could take advantage of a defense like Matt said you know it's still kind of up and coming they have some issues they have an issue with stopping the run and they have some concerns in the pass game so maybe this is a get right game for the 49ers um so we'll just get right into it man the first key for me is kind of get back to that formula of last year. Kyle Shanahan had mentioned several times throughout last season, 30 rush attempts is their goal for this team. You get to 30 rush attempts, you're usually winning the time possession and you're probably winning the game. I want to see 30 rush attempts, whether that's 30 from Mostert, 30 from McKinnon, you know, I, I want to see 30 rush attempts. I don't think Mostert's going to get 30. I think Mostert's probably going to get 12 to 15 carries. Jeff Wilson will get four or five, and Jet will get, you know, the other 10 or so in there. You have to have the ability to control the clock here with a team as feisty as the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are getting slept on by too many 49er fans, and that's that's kind of biting a lot of the fans in their ass so far this season. You can't sleep on these teams. This is not the 2019 49ers. They do not have Nick Bosa. They do not have D Ford. They do not have DeForest Buckner, who's absolutely killing it in Indianapolis. This team is different all the way around. The offensive line is still gelling. You're missing Richburg. Brunskill is definitely not a guard. You know, we, we talked about how excited we were for him in the, pre, in the off season, but now we're like, okay, maybe we might want to put McKivitz in there or hopefully when Richard's back, Garland takes over at right guard. But for this team to be successful this week, I think 30 rush attempts is the biggest key of all three of my keys here for this week. Um, 
that's going to control the clock and hopefully keep this team in front of the chains. They've had an issue the last couple of weeks or in the games that they've lost on third down conversions. And that was an issue this past week. Um, Nick Mullins was the quarterback for this past week and Jimmy was the one for the first week, but you have to convert these third downs and you have to keep these third downs short and you can convert them with good rush attempts as well um, on first and second down. So getting ahead of the chains with rundowns would be ideal for me and getting that 30 rush attempts uh, versus the the Miami Dolphins who are allowing 4.6 yards per carry. That's a lot of yards, especially when you have a guy like Rain Mostert who's averaging like six to seven yards a carry for his career. Yeah, uh, I think when you look at when, when you look at this game, it, it's going to come down to immovable object versus unstoppable force. And the immovable object is the fact that the 49ers cannot run the ball and the unstoppable force is that the Miami Dolphins can't stop the run. <laughs> so uh, we talked about it with Kanata that, that – Outside of some big runs, I think you talk about the 80-yard run against the Jets mm-hmm. by by Mostert, the 80-yard, uh, not the 80, but the 55-yard run on third and 33 or whatever it was by Jet, the Jeff Wilson long touchdown run, and then Brandon Ayuk's two touchdown runs. You take those out, the 49ers are a significantly worse rushing team. Yes. Now I understand. I understand that splash plays count, but when it comes to just general plays they have not run the ball very well this year and they need to absolutely do that um and before i get into my first key of the game i want to address something that won't really come up this week because it won't matter because one of these guys is going to be inactive for this game because it sounds like jimmy garoppolo is back unless he unless he suffers a a a big setback in practice vegas has this line at nine and a half and vegas isn't having this line at nine and a half if it's going to be nick mullins or cj Beathard starting this weekend yeah vegas is too smart for that they know jimmy garoppolo is coming back that said, what what I understand Nick Mullins is bad on Sunday. He was really bad on Sunday. But what the hell are people thinking that CJ Beathard is an answer at all? <laughs> the, the, the fan base has like this short, short, short memory, and I don't understand it. I don't get it. CJ Beathard comes in and he looked good for two drives. It was against a prevent defense that was giving him everything over the middle of the field because they run the clock. Yeah. If it was a three-point game, they're not running the same defense. They're not giving him the same stuff. It, it's C.J. Beathard, guys. We know exactly what he is. Don't sit there and try and turn him into something he's not. And what he is is a third-string quarterback. It's exactly what he is. So it's, it's, that's my little rant on the C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins thing. When Nick, yeah. Nick played so bad, it's got people pining for C.J. Beathard. And just, uh, it's just, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, so I'll jump in. I'm going to jump into my key. My key, Debo <laughs> and Ayuk. Get them the ball in space early. I don't care if it's sweeps. I don't care if it's screens. I don't care if it's slants. I don't care if it's crossing patterns. Get them the ball with a full head of steam and let these guys cook. Because we've seen, we saw from Debo, he had, I think it was 48 yards in his first game back. First game action, he looked pretty good. They got him the ball on a sweep. They got him the ball on the passing game. Brandon Ayuk obviously has the air yuk touchdown run (laughs) where he skies over the defender in the end zone. Get these guys involved early because this is this is the way the 49ers offense is going. I know you said you wanted to run the ball. That's going to open up stuff for, for, for Debo and Ayuk. And just, oh, man, just let your guys cook. And that's what Ayuk and, and Debo can do. Yeah, absolutely. We, we saw Debo back against the Eagles. They run a, a different type of reverse. We haven't seen that one yet where the uh, running back actually 
pitches it to the wide receiver and he, and he you know, he took it for, I want to say 18, 19 yards. So Debo looked good. Uh, he did miss practice today with an illness. It's not foot related. So everyone out there stop mm-hmm. freaking out. Um, <laughs> and with Ayuk, he is who I thought he was. He is a yak monster. He is the Odell Beckham that Kyle Shanahan coveted. I'm not saying Ayuk is Odell Beckham, but he has similar <laughs> traits and he can do these things that we saw Odell Beckham do versus the Cowboys in that 50 yard run. We saw uh, Brendan Ayuk hurdle a guy without even a gather step and just leap over a guy. You know, he has this explosiveness to him. So yeah, I'm right there with you. Getting Debo and Ayuk involved early is is vital. It, it, it's just, it's necessary. You have mm-hmm. to, whether that's in the pass game or the run game, you have to create some type of threat. Um, and hopefully the Niners can do that this weekend. Um, my second key to the game is pass protection. We saw the Seattle Seahawks face the um, Miami Dolphins last week and Russell Wilson was, you know, he was running around a little bit. He had quite a bit of pressure on him uh, against the Dolphins. And I think we saw this Eagles team completely manhandle the interior portion of this uh, 49ers offensive line. Not Kyle Shanahan needs to dial it up early to help with the pass protection, get these guys in some type of rhythm, some screens, some quick passes. You know, you don't want your offensive line having to sit back there two, three, four seconds because these guys just can't hold up, especially on that right side. So we just got Jimmy back off a high ankle sprain. You do not want to miss him again because the the meaty part of the schedule is right after this Dolphins game. So pass protection is going to be humongous. Um, And also with the pass protection, you want to get your guy, Jimmy, you want to give Jimmy some time. You want to get him upright. You want to keep him you know, standing tall in the pocket because this Dolphins team is allowing 109 passer rating on the season. You know, that's, it's, it's, it's ridiculous what the Dolphins are allowing in the pass game. Um, and we, we talked about it with Matt and, you know, he had mentioned George Kittle was probably gonna have a big day against these linebackers. And we know how Kyle Shanahan loves linebackers. You want to get the ball in Kittle's hands. So let's focus on the middle part of the field and also maybe take a shot. Xavier Howard hasn't been playing that Please. well, but Byron Jones is there. So take a shot downfield. Like that has to nice. happen. Um, but yeah, pass protection is key in this game. They have to clean this up. Hopefully there is some type of change at right guard coming in the near future. And uh, a good report was this week, uh, Weston Richburg is on pace to open his window for week seven. So we'll see how that goes yep. too. So it's much needed. The Niners hopefully are getting healthy at the right time. Um, but so far, everything that, that hurt them last week versus the Eagles is what hopefully is corrected and will help them beat the Dolphins this week. Yeah, uh, please, 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 please take a shot downfield. Please attack the field. Please push the ball. And, and, and it's going to be extra frustrating if we see Jimmy Garoppolo be super duper safe with the ball because they're playing Ryan Fitzpatrick, who loves to just get up there and sling the rock around. I think 49ers fans are going to be really upset if they see Ryan Fitzpatrick get up there and, and throw for 350 yards against them while Jimmy Garoppolo refuses to push the ball down the field and dinks and dunks while Miami sits on the sticks mm-hmm. and just dares him to throw it down the field. So please do that. Um, but speaking of Ryan Pitts, Fitzpatrick, that's going to be my number two key is don't get torched by the read option. We were to say it, that Fitzpatrick can move. Yep. Now he's not a guy that's going to slide like Kyler Murray because, you know, Kyler Murray is the baseball star. But Fitzpatrick can move, and, and he was the leading rusher on the Dolphins last year, believe it or not. So he can still scoot even at his age. Uh, he's, he's shown it a bunch of times this year, and they have to keep an eye on him. They can't bite down. The, the, it's, the way I look at it is a defensive end should hit the quarterback on every single read option. I don't care if he gives up the ball or not. 
let your linebackers handle the running back and you just go after the quarterback every time. And the more you hit the quarterback, the less they're going to want to run that play. Um, we could see Tua maybe in some sort of trick play scenario like we saw with Jalen Hurts last week. We saw some of those plays be successful. We also saw some be really not successful. Do the Dolphins go to the same kind of well? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I'm much higher on Tua than you were, so I, we'll, we'll, we'll see what they want to do with that. But just don't get torched by the read option. Don't turn this. The 49ers can't defend mobile quarterbacks into a season-long thing. I'm already tired of talking about it. And we're only <laughs> starting week five. Yeah. No, I uh, – yeah. It's – I, I get you. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm tired of talking about it. Um, yeah, and that that leads right into my third key of the game, and that's we need to see this offense open up, and opening it up is by pushing the ball downfield. I don't know whether it's Jimmy doesn't trust his receivers, or Kyle doesn't trust him to throw the ball down the field. Uh, regardless of every advanced metric and all the other bullshit numbers that are out there. The film doesn't lie when there are guys running wide open and your quarterback is looking right at them and it's part of the read progression or the coverage progression. He doesn't let the ball go. There's something wrong. Either you cannot make the throw or you don't trust the guy on the other side of the ball. Um, this team needs to throw the ball downfield. Brandon Ayuk is a deep threat. George Kittle is a deep threat. Um, and Debo Samuel can be that, you know, in that 20 to 25 yard range uh, for reception. So push the fucking ball down the field. Kyle <laughs> is scheming this wide open for a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. If you're, if anyone's out there watching the Packers, I know everyone's saying Aaron Rodgers having a great season. No, this is what Kyle Shanahan offense looks like when you have a quarterback that will, that will one push the ball down the field two that can push the ball downfield and three, the wide receivers will catch the ball on the other end of it. Um, you know, watching that Falcons game, watching that Falcons tape, um, I'm sorry, the Packers tape from uh, Monday night or whatever it was, it was against the Falcons. Yeah, it, it was beautiful how wide open everything was. And it's exactly what Kyle runs. The guys are running wide open. Throw the fucking ball. Jimmy, yep. Nick, CJ, I don't give a shit who's back there. Throw the ball. Matt Ryan, this offense excelled with Matt Ryan and Kyle Shanahan. Why? Because Matt Ryan could throw the ball downfield. He had Julio Jones and, you know, the other guys around him would also catch the ball downfield with Muhammad Sanu and, and you know, whoever else they had on that squad. I, f I forget the 2016 team. Rowdy Roddy White, baby. Yeah, Roddy White. They, this team has pass catchers now. You heard uh, Baldy. Everyone loves Baldy breakdowns. He said it. You got, you got the big three in San Francisco now. Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. That's your big three. Get them the mm -hmm. ball. Throw the ball downfield, mm -hmm. Jimmy. Stop fucking around. You know you're on a contract here. You know everyone is thinking this is a make or break gear for you. You know what? If you're going to go down, go down fucking swinging and throw the ball down the field. 49ers fans, I I cannot stand watching other teams like the Cowboys or 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 the Dolphins. I'm not the, the Bills. They just chuck it all over the fucking yard. Throw the ball. For Christ's sake. Yeah. Throw the ball downfield. Um, let's make this shit happen. Jimmy, I love you. I think you have potential to be, uh, you know, a top 12, top 10 quarterback in this league. You got to go out there and do it, man. Like, let's, let's get this thing going. Throw the ball downfield. Kyle is scheming the shit wide open for you. Let's go yep. already. With the exception of some of the throws you see like Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers make where they're rolling out and they throw the ball 50 yards downfield Honestly, on a dime yeah. while like, like across their body sort of shit. Jimmy Garoppolo can make every throw. He absolutely can. He has the arm strength. He has the, he has the ability to do it. The thing that separates top five quarterbacks from top 10, top 12, top 15 quarterbacks, 
is goddamn confidence. If he is confident in what he's doing, he's going to be able to make those throws. Exactly. He has to start doing it, and the only way you gain confidence is by doing. You learn by doing. You gain confidence by doing. That's what we need to see from Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to flip it on to the other side of, uh, of the ballgame defense for my third key. Mm-hmm. Keep everything in front of you. Keep everything in front of you. And this goes back to the play that, that Dante Johnson gave up down the sideline. It was such a backbreaker. Just keep that guy in front of you. Don't give up that touchdown. Force them to run five, six, seven plays to get the touchdown from there, whatever it is. The, 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 the Dolphins don't have a ton of weapons that I'm, I'm afraid of. I like Gusecki. I think he's a really good player, but I don't think he's – he's not George Kittle, so it doesn't scare me. Uh, Devontae Parker, uh, we were talking about this in the break. It, it, Devontae Parker, if he gets a full head of steam, I, I fully believe that Jimmy Ward or Joukowsky Tart or whoever else is back there could take him down, unlike somebody like Debo or Ayuk once they have the ball. Keep everything in front of them and force the Dolphins to run plays because teams that are young like the Dolphins make mistakes. Ryan Fitzpatrick is prone to making mistakes. Especially the longer the season goes on. Force the Dolphins to run plays because that's how you force turnovers. That's how you force penalties. That's how you force mistakes. That's how you force your way to win this game. Keep everything in front of you and make the Dolphins earn every yard. Yeah. You know, rewatching the Eagles game, you know, at first, you know, the initial reaction is the defense wasn't that great. This defense is still pretty damn good, um, allowing 18 points mm-hmm. and 267 yards. And then rewatching it on the All-22, Philly had to earn everything. I, I, I think this defense can still do that, make other teams earn every yard, every point possible, but they got to clean a few things up. And that's, we meant, you mentioned it with one of your keys, the read option. Deion Jordan needs to clean it up and Quan really mm-hmm. needs to stop biting on it. Um, hope yep. Greenlaw is back this week. So that's going to help the Niners like running three linebacker sets for some reason so far early in the year. I don't know how, how much I like that right now. Um, because I, I'd rather have that, that extra corner on the field. Um, we saw how much success they had with it in the Super Bowl and then the playoffs and pretty much down the stretch last year. Um, but I'm not Robert Sala. I'm not an expert, but from, <laughs> from my perspective, I would rather just go with two linebackers and, and kind of do what you did early on in the season last year. Um, this Dolphins team is feisty. I'm not going to sleep on yep. them. Um, nope. This is a get right game for this 49ers team. If this is a game, if you ever needed a game right now to stay alive, for the playoffs or do you even have some type of hope? Cause this, you know, I, I listened to, you know, our guy, Eric Davis on the believe in 49ers podcast. He, he said it, the fear is gone around the league. No one's scared of the Niners right now. Um, yep. And this is a game where the dolphins can come out with some confidence because they, they hung around with the Seattle Seahawks. So they feel they can probably hang around with anybody. Um, this is a game where the Niners need to jump on them fast and stay on their neck the entire game. I want to see some ruthlessness out of defense and this offense Kyle, unload whatever the fuck you have in that playbook. Unload it. So let the let the rest of the league know, like, yo, we're still here. We're the defending NFC champions, um, and we will be respected regardless of our injuries. And I think teams notice that this team is is fighting through injuries, um, and they're still pretty pretty damn good. Um, two and two is not who they are. I know people always say your record is who you who you are, really, but. Uh, I have a hard time believing that with this team because they they've let two games slip away from them. Um, but they have to get this one, go three and two and then head into this gauntlet or, you know, tough stretch of the, of the season. But, uh, we'll get out of here in just a few seconds. Um, 
Yeah, it's exactly what the 49ers need to do. There's no question about it. But we started doing this last week, and uh, it didn't go over so well for us. We did some <laughs> bold predictions. We had some bold predictions for last weekend, and I don't think either one of us were correct. But uh, let's let's go ahead and, and slide some more out there for this week against the Dolphins. What, what's, your, what's your bold prediction, Javi? Uh, I'm going Jimmy Garoppolo has a humongous day. He gets okay. in the 350-yard range. He's 18 of 26 for 350 three touchdowns and he has a rushing score. So Jimmy contributes to every touchdown in this game. So yeah, I, this is a get right game for Jimmy and this 49er team. So three 18 of 26, three fifty, three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown on the goal line for Jimmy Garoppolo. I love it. I absolutely love it. I would love to see it. Uh, my bold prediction, I'm going to stick with, I, I've been the theme of the defense today. You've been the offensive theme here. I've been the defense. So I'm going to stick with my defense and I'm going to give the boldest prediction I can get, and that's that we're actually going to get an interception from the safeties. I, they cannot; they're allergic to they're allergic to interceptions. They finally get one against Ryan Fitzpatrick. They finally do it. They finally pull it off. I don't know if it's Tart. I don't know if it's Ward. Well, Tart uh, has one. Bold. Yeah, he has a tip ball. <laughs> I mean, I want to see them actually jump a route and do it. Okay, jump a route and do it. So yeah, make it happen. I, I want to see them actually make the play, and I'm going to go with Jimmy Ward makes the play. Jimmy Ward gets an interception at a key moment and uh, kills all momentum for Miami. And then Jimmy goes, drives down, gets one of those touchdowns you were talking about. Completely changes the face of the game. I'm with it, man. This team has to get on, get on board, get on track, uh, be ruthless in every aspect of this game. You know, enough fucking around. This is, uh, <laughs> you are the NFC champs, defending NFC champs. Let, let the rest of the league know that you're still here. Um, this is not a Super Bowl hanger, this hangover. This is, this is injuries. This is, mm-hmm. you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo plays on Sunday, this team is 3-1. 3-1 looks a lot different than 2-2. Two two, but um, before we get out of here, a couple game predictions. Um, I'm with Kanata here. 31-17 is kind of where I'm at. I don't I don't think the score is indicative how Miami looks, though, because I think Miami is just going to be really feisty. They're going to have some drives. They're going to do some things. Um, but I think, you know, with the interception, potential potential interception that could be there for this Niner team, they can pull away late in that second half and, and make this game out of reach, you know, with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so 31-20 was my original score, but you've gone 31-17. He went 31-24. So that's really fucking boring if I do the same thing. So I'm going to say 35-24, double-digit win. But still, Miami gets uh, gets a little bit of theirs, for sure. Yeah, no, I'm with that. This is um, this is a get right game for Niners fans. You know, let's start let's start let's start taking other teams seriously. You know, I, I feel I don't, I'm an energy person. I don't know if that if that matters to these players, but I just you know if mm-hmm. I you you text me every Sunday how are we feeling and I'm like yeah, mm-hmm. or sometimes I'm like mm-hmm. yeah, we're gonna be good, and then it just doesn't go our way. But um, energy, big deal. Let's uh, let's have some positive vibes the rest of the week. Um, but that should do it for tonight. I am Javi. That yep. is Matt. Check out the podcast on all podcast platforms, Google, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever podcasts are found. Give us a five-star review if you're using Apple. We do appreciate all that stuff. Um, we do have some new merchandise coming up. I'm working on some things you guys will like. I know I'm going to want one, mm-hmm. several of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have, I have a mini helmet giveaway that I'm going to do here in a couple couple days. We'll get that going. And then... Uh, of course, just follow us on Twitter at Javier Vague underscore and at the podcast at Fourth and Gold Podcast. And then follow my guy Matt here at Matt Bar underscore. Don't forget manscaped.com promo code PFN. 
get your goods looking good. That's all. That's, that's it. Your significant other is going to love it. Um, and then, like you said, five star reviews if you can when you're on Apple. My guy Trent Will dropping one for us. Appreciate you, Trent. You know, big ups, buddy. Um, yeah. Can't wait for Sunday, man. Can't wait. And remember, we're always here for anybody who wants to talk engage football as much as much as possible. I know my our mentions have been a disaster the last couple of days because it's been <laughs> it's been a rough week for every 49er fan. But uh but yeah, let's get this win on Sunday. Let's get back on track. Um the you know, the, the theme for the rest of the year is ruthless. That's that's kind of where I'm at with this team. Let's just be ruthless in everything we do um and uh keep going forward. But until Sunday. Uh, check us out at on PFN, the breakdown show, and then we'll be live after the 49ers game versus Miami as well. Um, mm-hmm. But until Sunday, go Niners, everybody wear your mask and practice social distancing. I want to get into stadiums already. Um, but until <laughs> then, go Niners. Peace. CJ Beathard's a third string quarterback. Average weight loss 15.4 pounds in first two months. For guarantee, cancel within first 14 days. Discount with two months of auto delivery. Food charge and shipped every four weeks. Call or see website for details. Do you want to lose 18 pounds fast and improve your health? Now you can lose up to 18 pounds in your first two months with Nutrisystem. Get delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, even snacks and shakes delivered safely to your door. All delivered for free. It's easy to follow, and you'll see results in your first week. Just text BODY to 323232. You'll get your favorite foods made healthier and perfectly balanced to put your body in fat-burning mode. Text BODY to 323232. 232 right now and get 50% off a month of meals and shakes. That's right, 50% off a month of meals and 50% off a month of shakes with probiotics to help support your immune system. Just text BODY to 323232 right now. There's even a money-back guarantee. Millions of people have lost weight with Nutrisystem, and you can too. Lose up to 18 pounds in your first two months. Just text BODY to 323232. That's B-O-D-Y to 323232. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop to opt out. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.